Hey everybody, welcome to another week here at College Football with I-80 Sports. Let's talk some week eight college football action. Thanks again for joining us here. Another episode of I-80 Sports. Rich here with Ed and Dave. Getting into the, the thick of things here. A lot of action from last week. ton of undefeated teams going down. A lot of shakeup in the top five of our college football. Um, we're going to talk, talk about a bunch of stuff. We have our traffic report, our high-performance players, and our toll booth. So with that being said, let's uh, let's get right into our traffic report. But before we do that, how are we doing tonight? We're doing all right? Good to go. Good to go. Like we said before the show started recording, man, I had a good weekend last weekend. I, I won't share picks on here because I think I'm awful, but every every now and then you step in it, and I stepped in it last week. Yep, things going good. Both the Cowboys and Panthers are 5-1. and one. You can't beat that. All right, there we go. Let's get into the traffic report. The I-80 Sports Traffic Report, where you can find all your news and notes from the week. So the first thing I'd like to talk about here is the undefeated teams. So which undefeated team will fall next? So in week seven, we saw two undefeated teams going down. There's just 11 remaining in college football. Purdue had a huge upset over Iowa last week. In week eight, there are nine undefeated teams in action from Wednesday through Saturday. We actually saw another one go down last night. Coastal Carolina took a loss to Appalachian State. Old rivalry there, Appalachian State. Is trying to get back on top after they lost to the conference to them last year, co-conference champions that uh, Louisiana Lafayette and Coastal were last year. But um, I think there's plenty of room here. So we already have there were nine undefeated teams when I wrote this down. Now there's eight. So teams are starting to fall. Plenty of room for the next upset this week. Will there be an undefeated team to be upset next? Which one's going to fall next? If I'm guessing, it's going to happen. Next weekend, I think Michigan and Michigan State, they face each other. I think they should both be undefeated going into that game. Uh, it's in East Lansing, um, but I, I'm, I, I'll wait till next week's show to kind of make my prediction. But obviously, I feel they're both going to be undefeated. So it'll be one of those teams next week that'll get their first. Yeah, I, I think that's safe to say. That's a safe bet. No, uh, no undefeated teams going down this week. That'll be a great matchup, Michigan-Michigan State next week. Um, which top teams here? There's a bunch of top teams that might be looking ahead towards next week. We don't have many ranked matchups this week, so it, it could be a little slower Saturday for us. Obviously, that doesn't affect me. I'm going to be locked in on my couch watching these games anyway. Uh, but for the first time, the college football season doesn't have a game featuring two ranked teams. Week 8 didn't have those ranked games. There should be some huge games next week. But these teams do not want to look forward to uh, look past their opponent this week. So we have Ohio State. Michigan, Penn State, Ole Miss, and SMU. If any of those teams look too far ahead, week eight here in college football could prove to be a disaster for their season. Do we see Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Ole Miss, or SMU going down this week? Any of those possibilities? Uh, SMU, I was I was looking at them for tonight. Uh, actually, I'm trying to get to it right now. Play Tulane. Friday. Yeah, I know they play Tulane. It was 3 nothing. Uh, when we started recording, I'm not sure what the score of it is now, but that that game had me interested. I also, I think, what was the spread on that? Because I was really, half. yeah, I was definitely thinking of getting in on that. On SMU's that up 10-6, six minutes, yeah. uh, 10-0, sorry, 10-0. 
Six minutes left in the first. Right. I thought Tulane will give them trouble. I think Tulane's a pretty good team. That, you know, they've been in some games this year, but um, I, I kind of was looking at that one not so much as the upset, but as definitely with the, the points taken um taking Tulane. So SMU has a shot. I'm trying to get this up here. I, I think I might go back on what I said, and I'll let you know in a second. Yes, I, I am going to actually change my prediction. I, I'm going to give you this. San Diego State 6-0 and is going to go down to Air Force this weekend. 6-1 and Air Force at home hosting San Diego State. Uh, I think that's our next undefeated team to lose. San Diego State goes down this weekend to Arizona State. Small spread there. I, I believe it's at four. Last that's time that's that four that's my lock. So get rid of Michigan, Michigan State. That'll be the next team to lose next week. But this week, I'm taking San Diego State over. Oh, not San Diego State to lose to Air Force. Air Force knocks San Diego State out of the unranked, uh, unbeaten. Yeah, I'm still sticking. I think, I think, I think Michigan State's going to be Michigan next week. All right, let's get into our next one here. We had a great matchup, an SEC rivalry game, or not really a rivalry game, but two SEC foes. We had Ole Miss and Tennessee. Let's talk a little bit about Ole Miss beating Tennessee last week. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but that is the game that I I, I, I watched that whole game from start to finish, not only because I had a little uh, riding on it, but also, I mean, it was just – talk about a great game. Talk about an atmosphere they checkered the stadium in Knoxville. The place was going crazy. Uh, and then, unfortunately, we had an incident uh, at the end of the game that kind of just kind of kind of ruined the whole thing. Kind of ruined uh, Tennessee in terms of uh, the atmosphere they had there. Kind of put a big stink on it, even though they lost. I mean, first off, just let's talk about. I know you got Heisman stuff coming up. I, I, my guy, and I wish I would have got on him early and after watching him play, Matt Corral. For Ole Miss is 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 unbelievable, man. He had 231 yards passing, 195 yards rushing, and uh, he he led Ole Miss to victory number five this year. Uh, it doesn't get any easier this week for Ole Miss. They have LSU coming to town, and LSU obviously had a big win against Florida this week. But uh, just to talk a little bit about the chaos, I, um, Tennessee had the ball. They were driving on a fourth down. They completed a nice, I think it was fourth and 15. They completed a 14 and a half yard pass. Um, I thought it was a first down at first, but then obviously we had the benefit of it's the replay. They slow it down. He was definitely short. But if you watch the game, the, this was set up to happen. Because in the first quarter with about five minutes left, Tennessee was losing 7 nothing. Mrs. Uh, Ole Miss had the ball. Corral faked a handoff. And that just kind of stopped and two Tennessee defenders were there and they took the ball away and they ran it in for a touchdown ruling on the field was a touchdown. They ruled, they, they reviewed it and the ref came out and said, no, no touchdown. He was down here. They stopped his forward progress, no touchdown. So that officiating crew, I think is more responsible for what happened than anybody that did it because they set the tone and had a couple other bad calls throughout the game, but that call set the tone for what happened at the end of the game by doing something like that. So uh, did a little research on it. This was the same crew that this year um, hosed Mississippi State uh, with the, when they lost to Memphis. The ball was down. It was clearly down. They said it was a live ball. The Memphis kid picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown. Last year, Arkansas-Auburn, I don't remember the exact thing that happened, but Arkansas got screwed out. It was the same officiating crew 
that did this. Listen, SEC prides itself on being the best conference in college football, and they have the best teams. You can't really, you know, I'm an ACC guy, but I'll tell you, SEC's got the best teams. They got to do something about their officials because, one, that was a Tennessee touchdown, and, two, I think it led to, you know, golf balls, mustard, everything in its God's name being thrown on the field, 20-minute delay, and then, you know, Tennessee messed up by then anyway, the quarterback running out of bounds and said throwing it in. Great game that got ruined by you know, obviously poor sportsmanship and the fans being jerks with doing what they were doing. But uh Matt Carell, fellas, right now put your money on him for the Heisman, although you're not gonna make anything because he And we talked briefly a little bit about App State and Coastal. You wanna just just talk about that for a second? Yeah. I wish I was as tough as you two guys, you know, with your with your bets and throwing stuff. I was on App State. I wanted to put money on it. I didn't put money on it. I knew App State was hurting after they got upset for the first, I think it was the first time ever last week that Louisiana Lafayette beat them uh, in Appalachian State. And I knew they would come out hungry, and they did. My man from Clemson, Chase Bryce, had a great game at quarterback for App State, and App State knocked off Coastal Carolina 30-27. to Coastal Carolina's dreams of a New Year's Six Bowl or even – BCS or not BCS college playoff berth is, is, is gone. Um, great win for Appalachian state 30 to 27. Very good game as well. Last night, exciting to watch something like that on a Wednesday night. Absolutely. So while we're talking Heisman's here, why don't you give us a little Heisman recap here, Dave, before we move on to the next segment, which is high performance players. Yeah. Um, this, I think this is the most wide open Heisman field. I think I've seen in a long time. Usually by now, you know, you have like one, maybe two guys who are pretty much distanced the field and you pretty much know that they're, they're award to lose. But this one, I don't, I don't think it's anybody really, you could say it's quick. If I know betting wise, you can have a odds on favor, but there's just so many people being thrown in. For example, um, you know, Kenny Pickett at Pitt, he's thrown 21 touchdowns to one interception. And I know this isn't your normal Clemson team. They're unranked, but if uh, Pitt at, if Pitt ever this went in and beat them, that, Dave. Goodbye. I'm if, out. If, Pitt, <laughs> if, if Pitt handles Clemson this week and, and, and Kenny Pickett plays really well, I think he's going to get some Heisman consideration. I mean, it'd be six and one that they you know them and then maybe NC State will probably be the two best teams in the ACC. Um, so, you know, and if, if Pitt ever ran the table, but, uh, you know, I, I really think he, he, he could be getting Heisman votes. The other one is, and this is just ridiculous i mean kirk herbstreet mentioned it this week uh caleb williams of oklahoma i mean he didn't make his first no. start till week six no and yeah i mean no. but it, but i think what if he saved clemson I'm sorry he saved oklahoma season no. against uh texas and if they ever ran the table and and won the big 12 undefeated I, i'm telling you he's gonna get some votes i'm not saying he deserves it i'm just telling you i i think he'll, he'll get some consideration too this could be the most crazy heisman vote i think we've seen in a long long time I, I I disagree with Caleb Williams. You Herb Street, you know, get out of here. The guy started one game this year. His oh, I, I agree. Was, yeah, his first start was last week. I don't care what he does. I don't think he's got enough uh, enough to do it. Uh, enough of no. I don't even want to talk about it. But to go back to your Kenny Pickett thing, I'll tell you what. Clemson is down this year. They have a lot of injuries. They're not the same Clemson team. That's all we hear. They're not the same Clemson team. Not, the, but they do have a very good, if not great defense. So this yep. kid Pickett on Saturday, and, and I hate saying it, I'm going to turn this around so I don't get in trouble, but listen, Pitt's going to win. I hate to say it, but Pitt's going to win. Clemson just doesn't have the offense that can stay with them. So take Pitt, but Pickett, 
he, this is a game for him not only to put him in the Heisman race, but this is also for him to raise his draft status. He's going against a very good defense. If he can do what he's done so far this year, his draft is going to go up and his Heisman chances are going to go up. I don't know if he has a shot to win the Heisman. Uh, I do know if for some reason they can't put Clemson away this week, their season is done as well. But he's a good player. Uh, but I just find it funny, Rich, because you're a Clemson guy too, that, you know what, everybody's talking about this kid Pickett today and that if he can do a good thing against Clemson, he's going to get in the Heisman race or he's going to improve his draft status. But you know what? Clemson isn't the same Clemson team. Their defense is even hurt. So I would think for him to get in the Heisman is they have to win out the rest of the way and he's got to win the ACC, not just beat Clemson because beating Clemson this year, especially at home, it's just nothing. So Yeah, but there are a lot of lazy voters. There's a lot of lazy voters out there, and I think they're just going to see that he beat Clemson, and I think he, it might actually be more worth more than it should be because, like I said, like I, said I think there are people who just like, don't pay attention who have Heisman votes. Well, those and are the they guys that send the Heisman votes in early. That's why uh, Deshaun yeah. Watson didn't win the year the Lamar Jackson. It is what it is. We won the national title. Lamar Jackson got crushed in a bowl game like 80 to nothing. So. <laughs> Moving on. Don't All get right, me started. Let's move on here. Let's move on to our high-performance players of the week. Your I-80 Sports high-performance players of the week. All right, let's hop right into it here. Let's get uh, into a guy from LSU. Yes, double-digit home underdogs did not affect this young man. LSU running back Tyron Davis-Price. He ran for an LSU record 287 yards and had three touchdowns. He averaged 14 yards a carry in the huge LSU win, 49-42 over the Florida Gators this past weekend. The kid looked like a stud. They fed him, and he he... He took care. He took care of his got coaches for letting him run the ball. Great game. LSU running back Tyron Davis, 287 yards, three touchdowns, led the Tigers to the upset win over the game. And we talked a little bit about this guy, maybe getting some Heisman votes. What do we think about Oklahoma quarterback Caleb Williams? Herp Street, sit down. Dave, turn your camera off. He's not winning the Heisman. He's not, <laughs> he won't even be a top three. He won't be invited to New York. But Caleb Williams, though, I'll tell you what, for his first start of the year, 18 to 23, 295 yards, four TDs, nine rushes, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Led Oklahoma to the 52-31 uh, win over TU. Great game that put, listen, no, it doesn't put him in the Heisman race, but yes, it puts Oklahoma back in the hunt to have the right to play Georgia in the national title game. They looked good against a TCU team that always gives them fits. So, hey, I was impressed with the kid. Last year, not as impressed to start drinking the stuff that Dave and Herb Street are drinking about him, but great game. Quarterback Caleb Williams, Oklahoma, 52-31 over T. And let's get into a quarterback from Purdue, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell was uh, 30 of 40 for 375 and two touchdowns. And um, Purdue just absolutely destroyed Iowa in Iowa. And uh, that gave um, ruined their undefeated season. And um and with the Michigan, Michigan State going down, I'll tell you what, it's, I hate to say this because I can't stand them, but the door's opening up for Ohio State uh, to possibly sneak in with one loss if the car, everything breaks right for the college playoffs. I hope not because I'm not a big Ohio State fan. But Yeah, I think we'll they're say. already up to them. They're back up to number five in the polls. They're, this one yeah. I don't get understand, and I don't want to get off on a tangent by any means here, but if I, I'm try, I can't even pull it up because things going crazy. But I know they're up to five, Ohio State. 
Oregon beat them in Columbus, and Oregon's 10th. I, I don't – listen. It's, I bias, it's a bias, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ohio State, they're they're back at five, and the team that beat they them head-to-head is down they at 10. Yeah, they want somebody in the Big Ten in, and they obviously don't have any faith in Michigan, Michigan State. I loved Iowa. Now nobody has faith in Iowa. So they obviously shot Ohio State right up. The- yeah, it's just garbage. Let's talk about our, our final two players here. We have two running backs, one out of the SEC and one out of the American. Hey, you got Jerome Ford from um, Texas A&M. And uh, Texas A&M showed no hangover from uh, beating uh, Alabama. He had um, 168 yards and four touchdowns and, and an easy win. And then the other one was um, Isaiah Spiller um, from Cincinnati, and he had a he had he had a really good game. He had a well, I think it was um one was a one eighty nine and two touchdowns against uh, UCF. So uh, those 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 were the two best running back performances of the week. Absolutely good stuff there. So that's wrapping up our high performance players of the week. We're gonna get into our toll booth here. We have a couple games to talk about. Maybe a couple against the spread picks. The I-80 Sports Toll Booth, where you can find the best bets of the week. Like I mentioned earlier, we do not have any matchups between two ranked opponents this week. So one could say Week 8 college football might be a little slower of a week. But we do have, speaking of Week 8, we have number 8, Oklahoma State, visiting Iowa State. Uh, Oklahoma State enters the top 10 for the first time this year, 2021. They took down number 25, Texas, at the time. Um, the Cowboys head to Iowa State with a chance to increase their separation at the top of the Big 12. Iowa State's not going to be a pushover here. The Cyclones were ranked in the top 10 earlier this season. Have two great players on offense, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, at running Brock Purdy quarterback, Brees Hall at running back. Uh, they're a dynamic tandem that can provide uh, fits for really, for really any defense. Um, Oklahoma State's defense will have to contain another backfield after allowing three TDs to Bijan Robinson out of Texas, another great player in that one. Just a couple of other players here to watch. We have Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State, running back Jalen Warren, DB, Colby Harville Peel, uh, mentioned Brees Hall, Brock Purdy, and B. Will McDonald out of Iowa also, Iowa State also. Any thoughts on this matchup here between number eight, Oklahoma State, visiting Iowa State here at 3.30 Eastern? Yeah, Oklahoma State, another team, eighth in the country, but the scheduling makers did them no favors. They went to Texas and won, and now they got they have to go to Iowa State and, and play at Iowa State. And Iowa State, Iowa State looked like Iowa State last week. 33-20 over a pretty solid um uh a te- no, Kansas State, a solid Kansas State team. 33-20. They look good. And you know what? Oklahoma State has trouble with Iowa State. So I I I'm going to stick with the same thing I said last week. If Sanders can have a good game and keep his turnovers down, I like Oklahoma State in this game because their defense their defense did a nice job. They let Robinson run on them, but they shut everything else down. And, and when they needed to stop Texas, they did. So I'm going Oklahoma State here, but I also think this would probably be one of, if not the best game of the week. Yeah, I agree. It, it's tough to go into Ames and be um, an Iowa State team. Um, I, I think this is going to be a, uh, one of those last possession games. And uh, I, I think I think Oklahoma State pulls it out, but it's going to be really tight. Yeah, it's, it's a, I think that one's all on Spencer Sanders. He's so inconsistent. Do we get the good Spencer Sanders or the right. bad Spencer Sanders exactly. with the turnovers? You're exactly right. Now, here's the, here's the one of the week here that we're going to discuss Clemson 
at number 23, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is favored over Clemson. I never thought I'd say that at the beginning of the year. Clemson, they went to six straight. They won six straight ACC championships, six straight college football playoff appearances. It's not going to happen this week, but they do have a chance to take Pittsburgh down here, number 23, team, a team leading in the ACC Coastal behind a three-game winning streak. Pittsburgh has the nation's third-best scoring offense, led by Heisman Dark Horse, Kenny Pickett. I know, I know Dave's interested in hearing that sentence right there. He has 21 TDs, fourth in the FBS, one interception. And he's having a great campaign in his fifth year uh, senior. Jordan Addison at wide receiver. He's a weapon on the outside, having the second most touchdown catches in the country this season with nine. And that one-two punch is going to face a big test here against Clemson. Uh, just a couple of players to watch here. We have DJ Ugalele, Justin Ross for Clemson, D-line Xavier Thomas for Pitt, D-line Trey, Trey Williams, James Skalski for Clemson, uh, getting ejected at, from the – Net, uh, in the national playoffs there, uh, last year, a bunch of other guys in this matchup that we have to keep our eyes on that are hopeful for the NFL. We have QB Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison, who I just mentioned. Um, what's the key to this game here at Clemson and Pittsburgh? Spread's sitting at three right now. I mean, Pittsburgh looks good. I, I, you know, they, they went to Blacksburg last week and handled Virginia Tech 28-7. It wasn't even a game. I mean, that the score was – is closer than it really is. I mean, 28-7, but Pittsburgh dominated. I mean, Pickett is like Tom Brady. He's 38 years old playing in college, so he's got the advantage there. But, uh, you know, Clemson, as much as I'd like to say, and I said it earlier and then I'll stop, I'd love to say they're going to win here and hopefully they shock me, but I, I just I don't see it happening. Pittsburgh is a better team this year. Clemson, they keep saying, oh, this is the week where our offense is going to explode, but too many drop passes, too many bad passes. Maybe Shipley plays and, and increases their running game, but they just seem they seem out of sync this year, Clemson. I still love them. They seem out of sync. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to go into Pittsburgh and win, and uh, I'll let Dave talk. I don't want to see it. <laughs> well, I think um, you know Clemson's defense is pretty good, and I think they will keep the game close. But the difference in this game is, and you mentioned it, Rich, uh, Pitt has a tremendous defensive line depth. And I think um, and Clemson's offense has not seemed to get going at all this year. You know, they really struggled in winning at Syracuse uh, last Friday. Um, I, I think that uh, that'll be the difference in the game. And that was the difference in the game against Virginia Tech was that, you know, the pit defensive line just dominated and Virginia Tech couldn't get going. And I see pretty much more of the same. I see uh, – I, I think that'll be the difference. And I think, um, you know, as long as uh, Pitt doesn't turn the ball over, you know, they should win this game – Kind of comfortable, but I think Clemson will keep it close only because uh, their defense is, is, is I think, uh, above average. But hopefully Kenny Pickett will throw a few touchdowns and, uh, like I said, jump back and, and jump into Heisman contention. That's Clemson visiting number 23 Pittsburgh. <laughs> that game is going to be 3.30 on ESPN this Saturday. We have one late game here on NBC and Peacock. Just saying NBC, you know we're talking Notre Dame. We have Southern California visiting number 13 Notre Dame. This is a storied rivalry as USC visits the, the uh, Fighting Irish. The Trojans are 3-3, three and three, heading to South Bend. Uh, they've alternated wins and losses all season long and lost last week. So is this a trend? I can actually see an upset game here. I could see Southern Cal taking Notre Dame down when Notre Dame thinks they're on top. But we'll get into a little more than that. We have uh, Notre Dame. They're going to try to continue their bounce back year after losing to number two Cincinnati. Yes, number two Cincinnati. They were not number two at the time. QB Jack Cohn is scheduled to start this week. Head coach Brian Kelly expects QB Tyler 
Buckner to also have some playing time. Also, so two QBs in action for the Fighting Irish. They're five and one. They have a potential shot at a New Year's Six Bowl. So this is still a big game for them. We got some players on the USC side to take a look at. QB Keaton Slovis, wide receiver Drake London, who I think is going to be an absolute stud, at, not only in college but at the next level. Defensive lineman Corey Foreman, linebacker uh, Kanawi Malga. And for the uh, Fighting Irish side, we have Jack Cohn, Michael Mayer. Kyle Hamilton will be a top five pick at safety for the Fighting Irish as well. That kid's a stud. What do we think here talking South California, uh, Southern California, and Notre Dame, USC, Notre Dame? Uh, it, it goes into the pattern that we talked about in last week's show. What a uh, bizarro world this is for college football. Beginning of the season, Caden Slovis was definitely a Heisman hopeful. He was it, but he is as inconsistent as Rattler, DJ, Hal, all those guys. So what's it seemed like we said earlier about Oklahoma State, what Slovis is going to show up? So if the good Slovis shows up, I kind of want to jump on Rich's back and say USC wins. But if the Slovis shows up that has looked like one that doesn't belong on the field, I think Notre Dame could win this one easy. Uh, I think a big part for Notre Dame is they got to get that tight end mayor to play. He didn't play against Cincinnati. Uh, I think he's scheduled to play this week. He's a big part of their offense. He's a baby Gronk. So I think if Michael Mayer plays and Slovis isn't the Slovis of uh, preseason hype, Notre Dame will win the game. Yeah, you know me, I hate to pick Notre Dame, but yeah, I think defensively they're just going to be uh, too good. And I, and I think Slovis is going to have a, you know an average game at best. Although I was like patterned, so this is the week hopefully USC does win and I'll be rooting for them. But I, I, think, I think Notre Dame probably wins this game the 10 to 14. All right, speaking of point ranges here, I'm going to give out one pick against the spread. I'm going to give out UTSA, that's Texas-San Antonio, the Roadrunners, minus five and a half. There's some sixes and a halves out there, so if you're getting on board, I'd get on board soon. I'd make this spread about 10. Um, Louisiana Tech's defense, who is their opponent this week, they have 120th stuff rate, 90th rush success rate, 98th rush rate, which is not great. And there's a huge finishing drives edge for the Roadrunners. So I'm going to put my money down here on UTSA, minus five and a half. You can still find out there. Anybody else have a pick against the spread before we wrap it up? Yeah, I will say that Caleb Williams will not finish in the top 10 of the Heisman race. Top 10? Really? It won't be a top <laughs> 10 Heisman hopeful this year. And I'm sticking with what I said earlier. The spread now is actually Air Force giving three. But I, I'll still put money on Air Force to beat San Diego State. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a couple of three-point spreads. I'm, go, I'm going with Pitt to beat Clemson. I, I, th- I think Pitt wins at least by a touchdown, uh, if not more. And also, I'm going with um, some action. You got Bowling Green getting three at home against Central Michigan. So we're going to go with the Bowling Green uh, taking getting three. So a couple three-point spreads there, one home favorite, one home dog. So we have, uh, we're, you have uh, Texas-San Antonio. We have Air Force. Bowling Green and Pitt. Did I miss any of them? I think that's, that's it. We got. All right. That's what we got. All right, everybody. Thanks again for joining us. Like and subscribe here at I80 Sports. We do appreciate all the support. As always, if you like our picks, let us know. If we're terrible, you can let us know also down in the comments. We won't hold it against you. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see everybody next week here. Signing off for I80 Sports. Rich, Dave, and Ed. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks, everybody.